0: time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet wfo radio nhra nitro this is wfo radio
1: Hey everybody, WFO Radio is back on the air and we have got a very special show for you. As you all know, the National Hot Rod Association season 2023, getting ready to start at the Amelie Motor Royal NHRA Gator Nationals. And for the second time ever, but the first time in a normal season of drag racing, we're kicking off on the East Coast. It's a big change, and a lot goes on around the Gator Nationals. We've been talking a lot about the Don Garlitz Hall of Fame induction ceremony that I will be hosting, and that is a Thursday night event before the Gator Nationals. But something else happens regarding a Hall of Fame, and it's regarding drag racers, and it's regarding people from Florida and a great friend of our show from all the way in the beginning, and so a very special WFO right now, Daryl Gwyn joins the Motorsports Hall of Fame of America. This is huge. Alan Reinhardt talked about the Motorsports Hall of Fame of America last year. Like every event, it got a mention, it got a plug, because it is really beyond drag racing. This is not just drag racing. It is all forms of motorsports worldwide. For Daryl Gwynn, to be inducted. It is a major accomplishment and something I believe he has said is one of the greatest, if not the greatest accomplishment of his career. So Daryl, being my childhood drag racing hero and a great friend and supporter of WFO Radio, guess what? We got him. Joining us now, soon to be Hall of Famer, just days from now, Mr. Daryl Gwyn. What's up, DG? How are you? I'm doing
0: fine. Uh, exactly seven days from now to be uh, right on the money, but uh, you know, it's, it's overwhelming. Um, it's a, uh, I've had a smile on my face since I got the phone call. It's been a busy months with uh, preparing and planning the whole thing. Um, <clears throat> but I'm very humbled and honored by this whole, um, the whole induction because it means so much, you know, the drag racing, the international drag racing hall of fame of Garlits is, is, is incredible to achieve that but I never thought at all that um, I'd be inducted into the one that obviously all the racers vote in and the people that are already in the hall vote uh, vote you in and it's it's somebody from each category' it's somebody from motorcycles and boats and drag racing and NASCAR um, and this year there's several great great inductees in in uh, you know Ray everham and soros duntoff and and uh, uh uh terry trammell and dr steve Olvey, with their safety um wow. renovation or you know their their safety uh crew that they came up with back in the days when indycar was hurting so many people i mean these are people that made significant uh impacts on our sports you know motorsports, and uh The room is filled with the who's who of motorsports. I've been to it a couple times, never thinking I would be inducted. But um, I'm glad I went because I know what it's about. And I know how significant and how serious it is. And I'm taking it that serious because it's, you know, uh, I mean, what else? I mean, it's my last hurrah. You know, I don't race anymore. Um, I still enjoy life. But this one, uh, this is a nice feather in the cap for the Gwynn family and, you know, me in particular. And I, you know, I just I've had a great time writing my speech. I've been reflecting so much on all the different memories that led up to this induction. Um, yeah, so it's it's been a lot of fun. That's great.
1: Well, you deserve it. Uh, number one, you deserve it. Coming from me, it doesn't make much difference once you get voted in by all the racers, but I know where they're coming from on this. Not only did you have a great racing career in uh, multi-facets, pre-accident and post-accident as a team owner, but then all the great and wonderful things that you did uh, on behalf of, you know, motorsport in general. Like, look what good can come of a difficult situation. So I think it's, I don't want to say it's a no-brainer because, you know, sometimes drag racing isn't, quite absolutely getting the love right i mean i I don't want to complain but they it doesn't always happen but it's happening here so let's talk about the phone call daryl like uh you you know you you, i know you're out there you're a mover you're a shaker you're out there hitting dirt races you're at every major event for the most part um hopefully you'll be at the gator nationals i would imagine of course but when you get that phone call you get a lot of calls, like different stuff, business deals, things. This was a big one. So tell me about that moment. I'm sure it was very special.
0: Well, um, I had a very small relationship with the hall prior to getting inducted. By just going there the last couple of years, I got to meet the president and you know some of the other people in the organization. So I had their contacts and you know, it was about time when they were going to be calling to tell, you know, tell people they're getting inducted. And I looked down and sure enough, it was George Levy and he called me and uh, it was a, a moment I'll never forget. Uh, he told me who the other inductees were and I got off right immediately, got off the phone and called Dr. Olvey, my friend. So it's pretty cool. Both of us from the Miami project, you know, Dr. Ovi's down at the University of Miami and uh, through the whole Jackson system. And uh, for, for us two to get inducted as part of, you know, uh, you want to say employees and supporters of the, of the uh, Miami Project um, to cure paralysis, it means a lot for the organization. It means a lot for me. It means a lot to him. And, of course, it means a lot to everybody that gets inducted. It's a special night, and we're taking it serious because of it. It's, it's so special, you know.
1: Were you always a were you were you a speech guy? I mean, I've seen you give countless speeches, but very often they're spoken from the heart in the moment and you've got that ability, but this one is a little different because all of a sudden every single person that helped you along the way yeah, has got to pass through your mind right like right to the very beginning i couldn't have gotten to here if i hadn't had that moment thanks to that person of course your parents very involved but that's got to absolutely. be an interesting experience
0: i've been making notes since the day i got the call every time i think of something i would write something down on my phone you know just even if i'm just sitting outside doing nothing i would I would think of something and write it down, and Bob Abdella was so gracious, and my assistant Julie was, you know, we all three worked together to make this happen, and um, I think we've got, you know, I think we got the basis covered, we're prepared, Um, and I've just been reading it over and over, so I can kind of uh, get a good handle on it, but it's definitely everything that I want to say in the shortest way I can say it.
1: That's a good note, everybody. <laughs> that's a good note in the shortest way I can that's say. That's the hard part. That's Well, that is the, the balance that has to happen at these awards ceremonies and Hall of Fames, et yeah. cetera, and so on. So I, I don't know if this is public, but it's public for WFO radio listeners because one of our recent guests on the show told everybody. And so whether this is public or not public or whatever, he told everybody that he was going to go induct you and you know who I'm talking about, Mr. Big Daddy Don Garlitz. And he was very excited about it. That's pretty special. As I understand, he was the first drag racer inducted into the Motorsports Hall of Fame of America. And now he is going to be presenting you. That's amazing. It,
0: you know, it really means a lot. And in, and in my speech, I talk about Don Garley, Gar, Don Garlitz staying in the next room. Uh, next to me growing up and as a child, like 12 years old, and Don and Herb would be sleeping in the next room with, when they would make visits to Miami Hollywood. And uh, you know, for a 12 year old to have Garlets in the next room, you know, that is, that is cool stuff. And um, you know, those are things I'll never forget. I've known the guy since the sixties. My family has, I remember going out um, to Masters field and getting his signature on the newspaper in 1967 and I gave that newspaper clip to him um you know a few years back of him signing something for me in 1967 so we go back a long ways obviously he didn't know me well back then but you know he knew my parents and uh you know I, you know Don you know we had a hell of a rivalry as you know Joe um Don you know, as we all get older, we, 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 um, we, we don't forget about those memories, but we, we, we seem to be less competitive than we, um, than we were in our 20s, 30s, 40s, and, you know, for Garlitz in his 50s and 60s, for God's sake. But, um, you know, I just uh, – Garlitz has settled down so much now, and he's so easy to talk to. Don Garlitz told me the last time I talked to him on the phone before we hung up, he says, I love you, Daryl. And, you know, that just means more than anything.
1: That's amazing. But at the same time, I don't want to, like, rat on the swamp rat but he did say it on the show. He told us a, 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 a story about you guys running in the final round. There was money on the line. I forget where it was, but this was a big, oh. big and you had that you were having problems. You're having issues and you needed a second. And Herb said, should we give him a second? He's like, no, start the car. He even used profanity. He says, that's the wolf in the other lane. And he started the car and won the race. You remember that? Well, oh. Oh, do I remember that? Of course it was 1986
0: <laughs> in Dallas. We were tense quicker than everybody, you know, on the planet at that time. And it, it rained out and the final was running late and, oh gosh. And we always thought it was Herb until one day, Tony, my friend, we were all eating a Cracker Barrel with Garland's one day. And Tony said, "Garland, I got a question for you. He says, when Herb reached his head in the, you know, in the, in the, in the uh, under the glass there, you know, the canopy, and what did he say to you? He says, Gwen's having trouble in the other lane. What do you want to do? And Garland said, fire this son, of bitch up. We don't have a chance. And we were pissed. Like we were off the table, like, you son of a bitch. It's been you all this time. We thought it was her.
1: <laughs> is it well, I mean, is isn't it great. It comes out. It comes out. You yeah, can't... it
0: is. It just came out like 20 years later, you know.
1: <laughs> well, I, I love that though. And he 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 told the story. Uh and you know what? That's kind of a badge of honor that Garlitz had to do some stuff to get you on that given occasion because you were running yeah. so well.
0: Well, you know, I, I come up with the top uh, top seven moments and, you know, there's a lot of things that didn't make the moments. We'll talk about those moments in a, bit, a little bit, but a lot of big moments in my racing career didn't make it. And one of them was getting under Garlitz's skin, you know, which we did for you know a little while. And that was... That was a time where we saw very different Don Garlitz. And, uh, you know, it was very evident that uh, he was a different man when somebody got under his uh, skin a little bit. Well,
1: let's not make him mad because he's still going to get to be on the, on oh, the stage absolutely. before, before absolutely. you do. Uh, you can always get the final word. But let's mention let's mention those seven moments for everybody out there. And this is one I'm all, Daryl, I'm always asking the audience to share, right? It's as simple as that on social media. You know, thousands of people could share this if they want to get it out there. It's just a matter of whether they want to show it to their their folks. Well, the Motorsports Hall of Fame of America induction ceremony is going to be streamed, and you're going to be able to watch it, as I understand it, on Facebook. And you are sharing that link on your various pages because you've got the your Daryl Gwynn driver page, and you've also got the Daryl Gwynn uh, chapter of the Mark Bonacani Fund yeah. for yes. Paralysis page. So there's two separate pages, but anybody that goes to Facebook and just types in Daryl Gwynn in the search section, they're going to find you, and they're going to find the link. And you're trying to spread the link, and so what you're doing is doing your top seven moments that you believe are important to getting you into the hall of fame. We can talk about two of them now, uh, but the rest are in the future. Obviously everybody should go and follow the pages. The first one you put up there makes perfect sense. Your first top alcohol dragster win. Why did that make it?
0: Well, it pretty much explains it in the, um, in the Facebook script that I wrote. It's, um, you know, we were, had a struggling car, um, you know, the car was for the last six months prior to that wasn't running worth a damn, we just, no matter what we did. And we decided about three or four days before the sports nationals that we were going to raise the motor up a degree and a half. And we did that on the floor at a guy, Sikora, Larry Secor's shop in Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, took us a couple days to do it and make motor plates and do all that and fuel lines, etc. cetera. And we loaded up and drove all night. And a day late getting to Bowling Green and, uh, you know, had this park in the Tuleys. And uh, we marched on and that car just, everything we asked that car to do, it did. And the driver did his thing and won my first national event, which was the biggest race at the time for me to win the sports nationals. The sports nationals is a race that uh, growing up as a kid was the biggest race that my dad ever went to besides Indy. So sports nationals was our Indy and there would be 60 cars show up to try and qualify for 32 car fields and, uh, or 16 car fields. And, um, it just brings back so many memories that, you know, that, uh, from my childhood. And of course, you know, that was 81. I was lucky enough to go on and win it two more times. It's such a significant race. It had to make the, um, it had to make the top seven and, uh, yeah, man, that really helped kind of shape that career path of that car and my career moving forward in Top Alcohol Dragster.
1: You you got to get that breakthrough win, that one that puts you on the map. Of course, your dad was well known. Uh, you know, Garlitz is staying at your house, but you you got to get that win. You were the kid. Now, we do have some photos. Um, And, you know, if they are associated or they're just blast from the past photos that you you sent either way. But is this is this that car? That's 1981. You
0: see the the angle of the motor. You see how it's raised up a little bit in the front. Yes. Um, And that is what that is what made that car a, a a a a running machine, you know, to say it nicely. That thing was badass fast. And uh, all we did was raise the motor and that car reacted so different and had the front end in the air every run and just dangling the front end and hauling ass. And that's exactly what that car needed. And we, you know, we went from barely qualifying to winning our first national event. Knowing we had a great car, you know, we just, we were lost
1: one and a half degrees though like that's motorsports yeah. right there like most people are thinking like really like that takes a car from not qualifying to winning the race you guys switched some motor plates and you you did one and a half degree of angle and that just function changed the whole dynamic of the race car and the answer is yes one 100 percent wow well and and that's that's the deal who so who came Very up with the sure idea to you, change it
0: make sure you look at uh, that car in eliminations it's it's got the front end arched up it would just made it a total different race car. And that car would hardly go down the track prior to that.
1: Wow. Okay. What about the folks in the picture? You were telling me before the show, uh, you know, there's people that are involved in this that people don't realize have fundamentally changed the direction of drag racing. I can't help but look at the cutie to your left in the photo, but, um, you know, your mom and dad are in there, but uh, people were helping you out that went on to some pretty big things.
0: Well, first off, that's Chris Cunningham on the far right, uh, uh, probably at 15 years old. That was his dad. What, in the back? That's Chris
1: in the back with the long hair and the cap?
0: On the right. Yeah, that's Chris.
1: Oh, my gosh. You you know, a little blurry, the old school uh, cameras and stuff. They don't translate perfectly like now. Chris Cunningham, Austin Prox, new top fuel crew chief. He's in the news. And his dad, who is beloved, passed away like two or three years ago, unfortunately. Keep
0: going. And then my high school friend, Barry Stevens, and then my mom and dad... And that's Gary Marguma next, who is the uh, inventor of Project. So uh, we've been friends forever and ever and ever. And he was headed up to go on vacation in Minnesota and stopped in Bowling Green to watch us race. And we didn't have a pit vehicle. So we used his brand new van. He had his whole family with him. We used his brand new van. Uh, you know, it was like a one of those custom van. You know, normally everybody has like a pickup truck or something. We had one of these custom vans with this whole family hanging out of it, you know, that all the kids were in it, and it. It was it was perfect.
1: That's great. Huge win, huge win. Uh tremendous. And yeah, Pro Jack. Like could we have drag racing without Projacks? I don't yeah, think so. exactly. I don't think so. I don't I don't think he, he came up with an idea. Why didn't we come up with that idea? Well I was I'd like to share
0: I'd like to share how that kind of went. Yeah. Because him and I are the best of friends and you know he went racing with me forever since the early, early eighties and uh we built different types of jacks to hold the car in the air but nothing to really jack it up so he started building this in the 80s and um we literally we could watch him pull in the driveway at the shop and he would come out with all this stuff he would be dragging you know up towards the shop and you know we all of us would go oh my gosh what's he got again you know and he'd get about halfway up the garage and was like are you serious and really, I mean, this is when you're best friends, you can bust your best friends, ball's pretty good. You know, in other words, he t- it, was, it was great criticism. We just did it in a way that's like, get that out of here, you know what I mean? It, it was the great principle, but nothing would work yet. So we basically, in a very nice way, pushed him away about 20 times. Dear friend, dear friend, just kept motivating him, pushing him back, motivating him and motivating him to come up with something different and lo and behold, he come to the, he come in the driveway one day and we were all outside with the door open and he come walking up with these projects and we all looked at each other and we were, we were proud because we were part of it. You know, we kept motivating him to, to do this. And this guy, you know, Gary Marjorie, he came up with those and they, they are badass jacks. And of course we were the first ones to have them. And of course, as soon as everybody saw them, you know, they had to have them. So it's, uh, It's really changed the sport.
1: It really has. I mean, um, (laughs) what would we be doing without projects? It wouldn't be happening. That's a great story. And it was love, right? It wasn't mean. It was love. Absolutely. You you could tell it was going to work or not going to work pretty much right away. Like too big, too clunky, can't carry that around, doesn't work at a drag ship. They'll make fun of us. And then when the real deal showed up. Okay, so that was moment number one. And because the big press release is going out, Today, for the most part, and for everybody who's out there wondering, like, WFO is live and I can't comment. The answer is it's not always live. Sometimes they're pre-recorded, and this is one of them. Me and DG got together for this conversation, but as we get ready for the Gator Nationals and all these big events in Florida, there's a lot going on, and I just didn't feel right of uh, no content for the WFO universe and Daryl is going in to the hall of fame. Like we have to have this conversation. So it's happening a little bit pre-recorded, but you will be able to see the rest of the seven moments. We can talk about two of them here today. What is number two or however you're doing it? The it's second, number six now. Number yeah. six. So number one. the first leading this, up to number one. And what's uh, number six?
0: Number six is, uh, came out today and that is, uh, the electric dragster. Of 2001 that Mike Gary built for me. Um, it wasn't during my driving career, but you can't look at me, you can't talk to me about motorsports, you can't you can't uh, bring up anything in motorsports without thinking about that day. And you know, it, it's one of the top memories, even though I wasn't uh, racing. I was behind the wheel, and it was one of the greatest moments for me. And it was a great moment in NHRA history, and it was done during the 50th anniversary. Um, And, you know, it was just a very, very exciting time And all. I didn't know. The the best part is I didn't know about any of it. They did it all in secrecy. And uh, here I was on the starting line, never thinking I was going to be ever on the starting line again at the U.S. Nationals going down the quarter mile.
1: Yeah. Amazing. And I remember when that all went down and it was uh, incredible. Unrelated photograph, just a classic, of course, the Coors Extra Gold car. We got some cool photos we'll talk about in a little bit. But back to that moment. So, you know, driving now, the technology like that dragster in 2001 was way ahead of its time. It's obviously not it was not fast, but you got to go down the track and you get to control it. Now there's got to be stuff that's so much better. Have you ever thought of like reprising that to try to go again, go a little faster, not fast necessarily, but a little faster.
0: Do I think about it? Yes. Um, You know, I'm 61. I'm not a kid anymore. Um, I think my days of going down the quarter mile and being competitive are over. I still have the competitiveness. I still like being involved in the sport. I still like talking to to some of the crew chiefs about some of the performance stuff that intrigues me, um, but uh, you know, I, I did go for a ride, uh, or I did drive a NASCAR several years ago in Dover with the sensors on my uh, my helmet, um, and I did that on Facebook Live. Um, it was with uh, the Furniture Row car, and uh, I got to do that around Dover, but it was very very difficult on a high bank track. Number one. And we didn't go very fast. However, once I pulled all that stuff off, um, uh, Reagan Smith was there and he gave me a full blown fast ride around Dover, which was really one of my bucket list things because Dover to me is a big New Smyrna Speedway and I love New Smyrna. And Dover is just one of those tracks. It's like, wow. You know, when you go, get inside of that and you look at those corners and it's just amazing.
1: Yeah. No, well, that's that is one of those old school palace of speed. Let's build something crazy, Uh, exactly. And and that's and that's what it is. So, you got to go around with a at the time current cup level driver in anger and a top level team that would go on to win championships. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's pretty amazing.
0: And he's going like this up or down, and I'm like going up, so he's going faster and faster. Those things they they uh. I wanted to know what it felt like in the corner, especially on a place like that. And they, they push hard. You know what I mean? They really, they're the, the momentum wants to throw you into the wall. So that's why they're, you know, seated in so good and, you know, conform to their seat and their head and everything, because man, that just the G force going into the corner is one thing, not much less
1: hitting the wall. I can not imagine. But, hey, you know, at that point, you, you got Regan out there. He did a great job for you and you had that experience. So I'm going to flash some of these other pictures and because we can, we can talk about some of your career moments, but they, there's a good chance they're going to be in the remaining five moments that you're going to reveal on the Facebook page. So I'm not going to do that to you. I want everybody to check out the Facebook page so they will end up seeing the link. To the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, which is basically it was a week from yesterday. It's Tuesday night, next Tuesday, seven forty p.m. Is that when you're going to be on, or is that when it starts? Do we know? That's that? when it
0: starts. I've heard I'll be towards the end of the program. So, but that's when it starts. Um, it's definitely worth watching, um, even from the beginning, with all the great recipients um, and the inductees, I should say. Um, you know, I'm I'm very interested in their stories and how they got where they got to. You know, we're all we're all uh, you know we're all just a bunch of racers. We're all very 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 fortunate to be in a position that we were back then that allowed us to do this. Um, and the longer I live, the more I realize how fortunate in life I really was when it relates to everything from my parents to the, you know, the whole racing and how that went about and the support from my, from my parents and the support from the racing community and all the people that I made friends with going on the road in the eighties and staying at their houses. And, you know, these are people that I love dearly and they're all over the country. And, um, I, a lot of them are going to be there. So it means a lot to me.
1: That's awesome. No, this is such a huge moment. I'm so glad we're doing this. Uh, so I flashed the Cores Extra Gold car. That was, you know, an iconic machine, beautiful. Long before Wraps, great deal by the way that you brought them on as a sponsor. They had a couple other looks. Was that your favorite of your cars? You had a lot of cool cars, Daryl. What's yeah, your favorite?
0: That that was my favorite. Uh, Coors actually, uh, they bought a table for the induction. So my my Cores guys coming. Pete Pete can't make it. But um, Steve Saunders, my original marketing guy from Coors that I was so close with and so fortunate to be with during those years, um, he's making the trip. So, yeah, there's a there's so many people that are making the trip that means so much to me that, uh, gosh, it's just, you know, it's it, they're all like family. And um, to have them all there means the
1: world to me. That is that is great. Well, I'm sure there's so much effort that went. All right, let's look at a couple of more.
0: This one. That's, yeah. That one's a little blurry, but that's 86 uh, World Finals. Uh, we book in the year there. We won the internationals and the World Finals. That's Tony and Dave Tomash and Andre Spook Hayes, Mike Cunningham, Chris Cunningham, myself, my dad and Joe Schaefer. That, that was the th- that was with the boys right there.
1: OK, which one is Chris? You know, I know it's a little blurry, but the, the people, right next to me. People change a lot, huh, Daryl? Yeah, <laughs> Chris is Chris is a different his, character. Hey, he hasn't changed. Like his
0: appearance has changed. That's about all. He's still, you know, sick and corrupted like the rest of That's us. That's
1: great. Now, listen, I love I love Chris. He's great. He always when I need when you know there's some, as a reporter, as someone on the starting line. Sometimes yeah. you need to get some information, like right now, man. And you look yeah, around, sir. and if I see Chris, I know I can go ask this guy, and he'll give me a real legit answer. Because, you know, some people will give you the wrong answer. Like, that Absolutely. happens. They'll give you the wrong answer, right, to see if you use it, and if you know what you're talking about. Chris will give you know, me the right answer.
0: Joe, there's a lot of people that have been out on the racing scene, like myself, since we were 10, 12, 14 years old. Um, that goes for Jimmy Prock. All the – you know, Chris Cunningham. We all – you know, we all saw each other at the races every weekend, you know. Um, there's a lot, you know, Mike Green, uh, there's Rob Flynn. There's a lot of people that, you know, we saw every weekend in the in the some of the late 70s and 80s, you know, for our whole life. And we all kind of grew up in the sport. So I'm proud of Chris and what he's accomplished. Um, I'm proud that, you know, that he came from, you know. South Florida with me and you know it, we, it, it all came down to this, Joe. And I've, I think I've told this story before, but if not, we, me and my dad were trying to figure out how to afford um, to go racing. And Mike and Chris Cunningham were airline mechanics. I mean, if you can work on the airline, you can work on my race car, you know. um So and they fly for free. So like, duh, that's a no brainer. That's that's a good part of the budget right there. And you know.
1: That's awesome.
0: And and they fly
1: for free. They could
0: get there for free. free. And they were the best guys ever, you know, and they would, you know, Mike was always making stuff for the car and Chris and Joe were, they were in, you know, mechanics, mechanics too. And they were making stuff and they were just, they were ahead of their time and a lot, we had a lot of really, really cool thing that our team brought to the table because of, Mike's access to the you know some of the things with the airlines and the tools that he had some of the stuff that he made and Joe and Chris made we had some really really cool stuff along with all the stuff that Mark Miner made for us that we made our all of our lives easier and a lot of teams have copied that over the years and everything from our clutch trays to our roll, roll cage trays to you know a lot of the stuff that we did all kind of came from from Mike and us kind of brainstorming
1: that's awesome. And, and like moments like this, like where, you know, where did that come from? The tool that nobody, you know, everybody's got, they don't know where it came from, but man, if you didn't have it, the jack. uh, the fact that many of those things, and I'm sure somebody out West is claiming that thing too. Right. But if you bring it to the table, that's, that's, uh, that's giving back to the sport of drag racing and people don't even realize it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We, um, again, going back to the very fortunate part, you know, Chris Chris and I were friends pr- way long prior to that. We grew up together. His dad would always come to the car shows and with his car and him and his sister would come. I that was one of my first girlfriends. It was my first love was his sister. Um you know when I was like 15 years old. Um so we go back a long ways and the whole the fa- you know, whole Cunningham family um Peg and and Michelle and her husband and and Chris and and Sheila they're all going to be there.
1: So what do you think about that big opportunity then to just kind of switch to current? I was going to put you on the spot about, uh, you know, modern uh, drag racing in the 2023 season at some point. But like Chris is getting. I feel like a huge opportunity to be him, to be himself working with Joe over there on Austin's car and taking everything. He's been working with Jimmy, but let's just face it. Right. Like Jimmy blocks out the sun uh, because he's Jimmy Proc. And Chris has been a part of it. And there's been a yin and a yang. And we're going to kind of find out, by the way, a lot about that chemistry by the way everybody runs this year. But at the same time, I really feel like Chris has deserved an opportunity to to do things himself. And let's see what happens. And so what do you think is going to happen? Well, I really, really think Chris can do the job, number one. Um,
0: Chris, I'm sure he'll tell you the same thing um he's filling some big big shoes over there with ron tobler and you know i recently told my dad i said after tobler retired i said you know dad i gotta tell you after all the years that i've seen racing and been around racing i says it's pretty hard to beat what ron tobler as a crew chief has done in our sport from the you know we we raced with those guys and not raced with them but we were with them you know, every weekend during the 70s with my dad, you know, at all the national events and stuff with with Shirley and the, th- the championships he won there. And then he goes to racing dragsters or funny cars, no matter what he races, he's, he's damn, damn good at, and he's really good at, you know, um, keeping the parts alive and all that. So Chris is coming in, in my opinion, to fill some really, really big shoes and coming off Austin Proc's best event of his career at Pomona uh, as far as you know, ETs and speeds are concerned, yep. so there's there's a good side and a bad side to that, if we're talking honesty Chris, do I believe he has the wherewithal and everything to keep that going? Absolutely but, again the car's already up here so if you know, it's, the, the bigger they are the harder they fall, and Chris, you know, Chris has got to, you know, he'll tell you the same thing. I'm sure he's got to earn his stripes, you know, and that car has set a precedence with Tobler and uh, not to put Chris on the spot, but he's got, you know, he's got a tough job ahead of him.
1: Yeah, he, he really does. But uh, Joe is there. Joe was there. Tobler, I'm sure left yeah, all course. kinds of notes. Absolutely. And, but I agree with you about Ron Tobler. Ron has become a personal friend, you know, through socializing oh, and he, I think, that he is as it's how do, how is this many time world champion underrated, right? But I think he's underrated as far wow. as a crew chief talent. You think of all the moments and the, the the championships with crews, with Caps. He was Doug's crew chief when the run happened. So if not a miracle of drag racing that we talk about every year, because it was such an incredible miracle. Uh, home run uh, by Alan Johnson and Tony Schumacher. They win that one. Just I don't know Tobler because he's kind of unassuming. He's this cool guy. He's not yep. beating on his chest. He, he gets. He's
0: adapted and overcome all those situations and really made very positive, uh, you know, moves everywhere he's been. You know the cars have always excelled no matter where he's been, and uh, you know he's he's right up there. I mean you got. When you think of, you know, the other big names, the Austin Coyles, Ken Benneys and Dale Armstrongs and Dick LaHayes, and people like that, every one of them deserve tons of credit. It's just, I find it pretty amazing what Tobler's stuff and, you know, his career is, he's, he's been amazing. Yeah. And he's hip with the music too. He's like, this guy's oh, like, well, <laughs> that's what I hear, but you know, I, I kind of want to like, that's one of them things It's like, blah, 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 I
1: don't want to hear that. He is. He loves the West Coast hip hop. That's his deal. Yes, he does. Right, let me uh, let me pull up another one. Here's another one. All right. So this oh, is boy. this is old school. So that's time. Uh,
0: that's the '83 World Championship. That's Gary Beck on the left, Frank Holly, Lee Shepard, myself, Fred Mandolini, uh, Coleman Roddy, Dan Dvorak. Wow. Uh, and I can't remember the other two.
1: We got it. we can get it online. And it's a little blurry, otherwise I'd pick it up. But wow, you, Lee Shepard, Frank Hawley. Frank is gonna be uh out there, you know, all weekend long and probably coming to your deal. Uh, you know, you picked him as a driver when you needed a driver, just so many great uh, That's a that's another one that
0: did not make the, the the top seven. I I I struggled with a lot of these, you know, when Frank um when we called Frank for him to fill in the shoes, he came, went right out and won the very, very first race. That was such a big moment for me in the hospital and my dad and the team and the, just, it was the moment we, we needed, you know, um, it was great therapy for me. It just said, okay, we're going to be okay.
1: And you were, and you went on you got like 15 wins as a team owner and, with multiple drivers, but man, that's, yeah. I love Frank. You know, Frank is, uh, he's a character. They're all Absolutely. characters. They're all, they are don't, you don't get in drag racing by being just a boring regular person. I don't know okay. too many. Uh, that is great stuff. Uh, what about this one? Did we use this one? Tell me about this that's, one, DJ. That's,
0: uh, that's 82 in Brainerd. That's, um, Bob Devore and Stan Gill on the right with the Mr. Gasket shirts on. Barry Stevens on the right. My mom, my dad, me, and the trophy girl, and all the Minnesota, all my Minnesota buddies that were there uh, with Gary Margumma because Gary was from Minnesota. So, uh, yeah, in there, I think yeah, Gary's second from the left.
1: And this photo is available for purchase on AutoImagery.com. Thank you, Richard Schutt, uh, who. Man, that guy has seen a lot of drag racing history. I've been telling Richard you got to come on the show and we got to just talk about your photography. He says he's gonna do it. But there's so much history, Daryl. Like all of those times and the the era that you you kind of were a bridge in many ways, right? A bridge from the late 70s, early 80s, teenage Daryl Gwynn coming on the scene, that 83 championship to you know, let's talk about the 2001 electric dragster, team owner, Daryl Gwynn, as you kind of go through that. Those two decades, 1980 to 2000, that, wow, so much happened in the world of drag racing, like the whole John Force career, the return of Garlitz, yeah. uh, Amato going from an alcohol guy to legend of drag racing. So yeah. much happened in those two decades.
0: I think, I think somebody told me that I won... Four national events before John Force won his first. Wow, yeah, and that's that seems crazy.
1: It really does. It's and and John, he's going into the International Drag Racing Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. he'll, believe me, he'll be
0: a shining star in the Motorsports Hall of Fame. Don't you worry, he is. He is. He's. He's in.
1: Yeah. Well, he's John Force, right? And like, he's that's a, the he thing. Is
0: definitely in. That guy's the, the best.
1: All right, I want to keep you forever, right? Like we could talk forever, like literally. Like there's a thousand stories that you have that all I got to do is accidentally spark the the thing that's going to make you think of it and you got a million of them. We got to do this more often by the way. Now that you're in your new spot over there and the net looks is like pretty great. Uh we'll figure we'll figure it yeah, out. Yeah, you
0: got to come by. You got to come by sometime. Um you know, I'm proud of you too, Joe. We're both from South Florida. We're both you know from Miami Hollywood gangsters, you know? Yes. And uh that's that that's where we came from and uh that's where i got my license and that's where i had so many great memories with my dad and you know it's you you've got the tree in your in your room there I got the uh, tree
1: guys this is the tree like dg people are
0: i'm very jealous of that by the way they
1: don't realize what that is like that is not a tree from somewhere that is the tree from somewhere yeah and i did i do have it i you know i I practice on that thing, man. I need it. I need it.
0: I remember the days of going underneath the grandstands to Terry's Auto Supply back, you know, and it had an auto parts store underneath the grandstands in the 60s and 70s. And they would have garages under the grandstands for people that came and test some of the different types of motorsports that would come there to test on the road courses. I mean, this place was, it had concrete grandstands, as you remember, Joe. Yes. It was, uh, the place was ahead of its time. And you can't name a drag racer on any list that has not been there. It's kind of like the Orange County of the world, you know? It, Miami Hollywood was our Orange County.
1: Yeah. Jungle Jim, of course. I'm sure you've got Absolutely. a million jungle stories. But it makes me sad, Daryl, honestly. Like, I don't like to get all whippy and nostalgic nostalgic about stuff. But I, I think about that track and I think about how ahead of its time it was. I think they were doing testing with the camera out there, like all kinds of crazy stuff was happening out right. there. That Mr. Jim Hill, who is a great South Florida historian, yes, um, you know he he knows everything, right? Like everything that he does. went down. One hundred percent. I got to get him on here at some point too. It's just a, I, I'll admit I'm doing a poor job of of following up well, with. I think I hooked you up with him. Jim yeah. is a he is a
0: Miami Hollywood, Florida. His, I mean, I shouldn't even. Florida. Let him do that. He's he's more than Florida. That guy's incredible.
1: He really, he really does. I met him a couple of years ago, and we talked about getting something together. We'll do it. You and I had that Miami Hollywood reunion show, which, folks, by the way, that's available on our YouTube channel. You can go find it under the happy hours. We had DG. We had Chris. We had the Aranas. Both,
0: you and I are both in the Miami Hollywood Hall of Fame, man.
1: Yes. I don't know how Woo! I got there. Exactly. That's. I'm only in one Hall of Fame, Daryl. You're in several. About to be even more.
0: I, I was the one that inducted you. I was a proud moment for me to see you Thank come you. from, uh, you know, where you came from to the job you're doing these days for yourself and the NHRA. Very proud of you. I
1: believe that. You know, California had the numbers, right? There's just so much going on in California. And Indy is a great car culture, and you can talk about Detroit and everything. But Miami really had a thing going on. Crane Cams was down here. We had a performance industry, and still do, Wilson Manifolds and Scorpion. Yeah. We got a lot of businesses down here because of the weather, and it's a, it's a great state for that kind of stuff. But during that era, 60s, 70s, early 80s, there was so much high performance going on in South Florida, maybe because they had a great racetrack, and that's what makes me sad, DG, is that, man, if we could have saved that track, the whole world would be different right now for drag racing.
0: Absolutely. You know, I'll tell you a great one. When I was growing up in North Miami in the 70s, early 70s, I could ride my bike to four different speed shops. They were within a bike ride of my house. Wow! Speed shops, not a not an auto parts store, but horsepower sales, performance parts, uh, Murray's. Yep. Uh, there, there was there were several, several of them. Uh, Rose, of course, doing it with Rose. They, I'm they doing have, it with Rose. with Rose. Oh my God. <laughs>
1: that's it's funny it's a very south florida thing nobody gets that except for us but when you say i'm doing it with rose in south florida and murray's mark from murray's was very big mark, in uh yeah. trying to save pbir which i think you've been keeping up with that we had a, a story a couple of weeks ago that it's not dead yet right there's still a possibility of resurrecting it but we got to get on it and i've been putting did out you I've,
0: ever go to Murray, did you ever go to murray's when it was on 62nd street and uh no uh I maybe by oh, 95 murray's that was the place to be in the 60s. That's the only place where you could buy anything, like in the early 60s, that's the only place where you could buy anything you needed to go racing for that night. Like That's where they sold fuel and performance parts and stuff. And everybody, you could go there Saturday morning, and it would be the who's who of Hylia Speedway and the who's who of Miami Hollywood because everybody was in there kind of getting parts for the Saturday night race. and that was uh that was something cool to be a part
1: of great. well a great culture uh, I you know I came testing. on the scene my dad would start bringing me out to Miami Hollywood in the late 70s and early 80s you know it was crazy but uh, when we would do that Wednesday Thursday night test and tune um, yep. you know it would be a big deal because every once in a while you guys would be out there testing like right? and that was that's crazy that yeah you go to your local track and maybe there's a top fuel team testing there like that's Amazing, and also another one of the little kind of sad elements of the way things are now. Not that everybody being in Brownsburg isn't convenient, but Miami had a top fuel team. We had a football team in the Dolphins. We had a top fuel team with you guys, and there was a connection when we went to see you race. Those were our hometown guys, and people don't have hometown guys as much anymore. Yeah, because everybody's
0: gone that way, and most of the sports, you know, NASCAR, IndyCar, everybody's, you know, they're all located together and it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but, you know, we're still, you know, we'll always be the South Florida gang, uh, you and I and the rest of my clan and we're proud of it, you know? Yeah. South Florida is not what it used to be. South Florida was a, a heck of a car culture in the, in the '60s, '70s, and '80s,
1: so many people now. Just so many people. Whenever there's just so many people, like things get uh, get tight. It was very different then. There was space. There were things you could go do. You wanted to build something. Yeah. You could build something. Now it's very, very dense. And it comes with population. We got all these people coming in. Condos. You remember when the condos really started exploding? It just yeah. uh, it changed a lot. So who? is Chris, I guess it's Chris Cunningham like who is the the carrying the flag for the South Florida drag racing community right now like the most from the lead position right it's not me but I'm in the I'm in the band somehow back there like hey South Florida um is it Chris Cunningham? I kind of feel it like be, it is. It
0: would be Chris and yourself um it would be um you know Paul Smith and his his kids yep. um it would be, um, you
1: know, you know, Dave Big Richards has Nashville got North. that. Dave yeah, Richards yeah. has got Southern that Dave team. Richards. yeah. That's interesting. I'm adopting Josh Hart. He's not South Florida necessarily, but he's Florida and he's Ocala and and you know all of Florida. I'll take it. So I'm adopting Josh Hart as one of our so guys.
0: I'll give you a fun little statistic that me and a friend, Mark Miner, came up with when we were at lunch a couple of years ago in a 50 mile radius in the 70s. In South Florida, kind of like or you know, kind of like California, within a fifty-mile radius of where I'm basically sitting right now, there was a dozen double-A funny cars. Wow, a dozen!
1: You could have your own. You could have your own little field right there. Eight-car field. Yeah, right? Four guys don't qualify, and they get they get mad. Right. That's amazing. I mean, I
0: if I have a few minutes, I could probably name a big portion of them, but uh, yeah, we, we counted them out and there was a dozen. That's hard. I mean, that, that was very common for California. There was more than that out there, but imagine just that many people you know, with a double A funny car in a 50 mile concentrated area. You That's know? crazy. Like-
1: now there's so many of them and uh, the shows and, and whatnot. All right, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what we're seeing right now in, in drag racing. I feel like what I'm seeing and you know I've been going since 1980 so I maybe I didn't understand so much then about the competitiveness of, of of things but I really feel like the sport has entered a new phase where the majority of the people that are involved are got their stuff together at the maximum level and Like just having an innovation or advancement or like no one thing is enough. There are great teams out there that are not winning and they got to figure it out. And, you know, they got the money and they got the resources and they got a great driver and they're still not winning. That's just how great and how difficult it is right now.
0: Yeah, it's very, very tight. And I agree with you. There is a lot of really good race cars, top fuel, funny car, pro stock, pro mod all the way down. There is a ton of good race cars that probably won't get a win, you know, because there's so many good race cars out there and and that does that they deserve a win. But everybody's so tight. It's going to be, you know, uh, who has their act together and uh, as a driver and a crew at the same time.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be pretty amazing. Um can't wait to get started. All right, DG, end of the end of the show. Uh, we'll do this again, of course. We'll we'll, we'll definitely do this again because we get to the waxing nostalgic, right? Like I'll get, uh, you know, someone will say something to me, and they will bring up a story, and then I'll come confirm it with you. But I want to give you the opportunity to just talk to your fans. Everybody knows Facebook. Daryl Gwyn, multiple pages, this thing is <clears> going to be streamed. I'm definitely going to be watching on Tuesday. It's going to be awesome. Then I would imagine you're coming over to the Gator Nationals and you're going to be a part of this whole thing um, as we get started. But fans of drag racing are out there watching. Talk to your fans, Daryl, like this is like you're going to do it at the Hall of Fame, but this is a great opportunity to get everybody excited and your career has been amazing, so just have at it. Talk to the folks out there who got you here.
0: Right. Well, you know, it's 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 a great way to end the segment, Joe, because race fans are. um, I I had I I seen two sides of fans. I had a lot of race fans when I was racing, and I have a lot of fans now. And a lot of the fans I have now mean more to me than anything because they're the ones that, uh, you know, through this whole thing with the racers, along with everybody, were so supportive. Of me after my accident, that um, it's just a whole new level of uh, fan appreciation for me. Um, because to still have that many fans this year, you know, this many years later, um, means the world to me. And uh, you know, I, I uh, none of us would be doing this if uh, if it wasn't for the fans. And you know, when I think of the fans, I think of the Great Greater Nationals that's coming up. You know, and and just a little more than a week and some of the greatest fans in the world are right there. And there are a lot of my friends and family members and a lot of them, you know, were there during some of my wins and stuff. So the next two weeks are pretty damn special for me, Joe.
1: Awesome. No, I agree. I agree, and uh, I'm happy we were able to carve out this time to talk about it. Daryl, congratulations, Motorsports Hall of Fame of America. There's Formula One guys and IndyCar guys and all kinds of guys that are in there that uh, they turn left and they turn right, but you go fast, very, very fast, uh, and holding it down for the drag racers. Congratulations. I appreciate it. Thank you for spending a little time here on WFO.
0: I appreciate it. Thanks, fans.
1: You're the greatest. All right, DG. I'll see you in a couple days. Good luck with the speech. We will be watching. Thank you. You There it goes. Daryl Gwynn, everybody. DG Daryl Gwynn. And yeah, that was just, uh, it's so great. It's such a big deal. Uh, Before Gainesville, the Motorsports Hall of Fame of America, and then Garlitz, the Hall of Fame's kind of happening. It's the start to the season, and this is a big one for Daryl. And all the talk about Chris Cunningham, too. I'm very excited about that for Chris, and I want him to do very well, and Austin, obviously, and Joe is a friend, so it's going to be very interesting to see. All right, guys, you might have noticed I didn't mention like all the WFO sponsors. I'm going to do that. But since Daryl was talking so much about Miami Hollywood Speedway, did you know we have recreated the Miami Hollywood Speedway T-shirt in our WFO store? Would you want a cool retro shirt? Yeah, you definitely do. I do, too. Find our store. It's in the mobile app. It's on our website. You can definitely check it out and uh, and rock some retro gear, right? Like you could battle back against the Californians and say, look, man, South Florida, Miami, Hollywood. It was a great place. And I always get a little sad talking about it, honestly, because if it could have been the Miami Nationals. And I know till right now we don't have a drag strip down here. We got so many millions of people and they would love drag racing and they love drag racing. But we got nowhere to drag race. And it's just so frustrating because you got this product, and you know it's great, and you want to sell it, and you, don't, you, can't, you can't build the store for it. Let me tell you about the people who make it possible for me to go WFO. FTI, Performance Transmissions and Torque Converters. These are parts and pieces for bracket cars, 890 cars, street cars, pro-modifieds. Like They build transmissions that can stand up to the extreme power and also deliver you very quick, consistent, elapsed times. FTI has jumped on the, on the scene, and they're dominating in many, many different categories. Find out more FTI Performance Transmissions and Torque Converters, FTIPerformance.com. Of course, Total Seal Piston Rings. I do the Hidden Horsepower podcast for you podcast listeners out there. Hidden Horsepower. Do a search. So many great rock star engine builders, and you're learning so much. Maybe you're never going to build an engine, but you'll understand why. And the theory, go to TotalSeal.com, download the podcast, Hartford and the team getting ready to unveil their new pro stock scheme. I haven't seen it just yet. Maybe it has already happened. Fog it. This is a spray can with high performance fogging oil for your very expensive racing engine. Now, maybe you got a junior dragster. Maybe you got, who knows what you got. But I can tell you that at the end of the night, when you put it away, condensation is going to happen. And that's going to cause microscopic rust and corrosion. I love the fact that I'm holding the can here. So you just hit it with a little spray of this down the carburetor or in the spark plug hole. And it's going to protect your cylinder walls. And that is so valuable. We're talking about my own Project Pontiac right here, guys, and wondering, like, what happened? Like, how many runs do I even have on my engine? It's less than 100 runs. But I did not properly take care of it during a period of inactivity. And that's why I have to go through this whole exercise. If foggett had existed and I was smart enough to use it, which, you know, there's no, there's no guarantee that it would have been, but it would have been a different story. And that's all I can tell you about that. Bernie Speed Shop, Bernie's, has got a big event going on the Wednesday before the Gator Nationals. Here's the lineup. Big Daddy, Frank Hawley, Josh Hart, Cruz Pedregon, Antron Brown, Mike Neff, Spencer Massey, Justin Ashley, Camry Caruso, Flying Ryan Ayler, are going to be bringing the tequila and Ida Zetterström from Sweden. The lineup of drivers for the autograph session is going to be a car show, food trucks, ticket giveaways, all kinds of stuff. Racers for Christ is going to be there from six to nine at One Aspen Road, Ocala, Florida. Bernie's Speed Shop, go there. I will be there. I will be an MC of sorts. That was the text. Will you be the MC of sorts? I was like, I would love to be the MC of sorts. But I'm very excited about Bernie's and Josh Hart since we have, you know, claimed him, Florida, represent. Phillips Connect, phillips-connect.com. Justin Ashley and Phillips Connect, they started out with a three-race deal, and now they're going on for multiple years. Smart trailer technology, guys. When you're riding over the road and you've got an 18-wheeler over there and it's heating up, wheel bearing is getting ready to heat up and blow out, like, wouldn't you like to know that the company knows in advance because they're connected? And the answer is yes, absolutely. That's a safety situation. And that's what Philips Connect is all about. Go to Philips-Connect. I always say the web address so people understand. Philips-Connect.com to find out more information. Plus our great friends at Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School where you can drive a dragster. Anybody. Yes, anybody can drive a dragster. They've got special dragsters. It's called the Dragster Adventure. And you make three runs in a a half-day experience. It's amazing. FrankHawley.com. Marvin Rodak, com. It's uh, coffee and hot sauce and spice rub and recipes and food. Go to it, R-O-D-A-K-S, RodaksCoffeeAndGrills.com, 817-924-6821. And then there's Samtech.edu. You know, there was no Samtech when DG was getting started. But a lot of people, they choose to go to the school. They learn about machining, engine block programs, cylinder head programs, motorsport, EFI tuning, etc. Samtech.edu. And I do like to tell everybody at the end of the show, we've saved the sponsors to the end because it was such a special thing with the Motorsports Hall of Fame of America and Daryl Wynn. We do have a VIP listener club, guys. This is a VIP listener club. Our VIP listeners, like, what do they do? It makes them, well, they have a membership and they choose to pay to be a part of the WFO universe. They get some stickers and a patch and a pin and they get a bunch of little swag. And if you sign up for the year... I will send you a T-shirt. So you're going to get some stuff. And you get special content. You get extra content. We've got shows that are just for the Patreons. And, you know, are those the shows where we reveal all the secrets? Maybe it is. Maybe it is. But it's not mandatory by any means. Uh, We've got like 70 people on there, and I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. And I mentioned the WFO store and all our swag and all the different stuff. But honestly... It's all about getting ready to go racing. Now, for you folks out there who are wondering or bummed out that today wasn't live, I understand. They can't all be live. Can't all be live, because that's a different kind of scheduling. But I would love for you to share this one. But if you don't want to share this one, definitely share the Motorsports Hall of Fame of America link and Daryl Gwynn's Facebook page, where he's going to unveil... The remaining five moments of his Hall of Fame career. Get you some of that. All right, guys, that's going to do it. Really appreciate everyone out there. I want to shout out Steve Brenwald. Steve Brenwald, who does our art. You know, he makes hero cards. He designs logos. He does a lot. He did the big Morris Motorsports logo. He does our artwork on the show but he's out having like a nice day with his wife. They're hanging out together and like probably having a picnic or something. And I'm like, Derek Wynn, man, ah! And he whipped up the art for the show. And so thank you, Steve, I appreciate it. Great stuff, great stuff. All right, guys, that's gonna do it. Thanks to Daryl. Thanks to everyone who supports WFO Radio. Subscribe, click the bell. Follow, like, review, write a review, you know, all that stuff, man. There's too much stuff, too much stuff to do with these podcasts. But we've had a good winter break. We've grown a fair amount, and hopefully, you guys will stick around for the season and the race winners. All right, guys, thanks to DG. Greatly appreciate it. We'll see you next time on WFO.